I'm Corinne Ruff, and this is Conversational Commerce, the podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends by talking shop with the Retail Dive team, thought leaders, and executives. We're nearing the end of November, and you know what that means. Black Friday is coming. The holiday, or week really, is all anyone in the industry seems to have their minds on these days, myself included. Although I will admit that I have spent a fair bit of time Googling pies to make for Thanksgiving. But as far as how Black Friday will turn out, my crystal ball is still a bit cloudy, so I decided to phone a friend to get some insight on what to expect this year. Charlie O'Shea, Moody's Investor Services lead retail analyst, has covered the holiday for nearly 15 years, so I called him up in New York to hear what he expects this year. His biggest takeaway? Well, it's likely to be the most promotional season ever, but in-store and mobile experiences will be critical differentiators for retailers that are not named Amazon. In our conversation, we got into all of that and more. But first, I'd like to point out that this episode was recorded in early November, so some retailers may have made news announcements since then. If you're looking for that kind of news, one place to find it is wrapped up in our free weekly holiday newsletter. If you want to sign up, just go to retaildive.com holiday, drop us your email address, and you'll be covered on breaking news and trends all season long. For now, let's break down Black Friday. All right, welcome to the show, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Really good to have you beaming in from New York City, and you have covered a lot of Black Fridays in your day, right? And I'm sure that has evolved a lot um, since 15 years ago. Yeah, we started, I'm, I'm trying to remember how far back we started this, but I started going to the stores early on Black Friday morning, probably 12 or 13 years ago. I did the same loop of stores in New Jersey, and the openings got earlier and earlier, then it morphed into Thanksgiving, so I was bopping around in northern New Jersey, which is Springfield, Union, Short Hills, Milburn, and Maplewood. And I would make one loop of, I don't know, I think there were like 15 stores in that loop. And I try to catch them at the same time relative to open every year. It's a tiny sample. It's anecdotal at best, but it at least gave us a feel for what was going on. And one of the things that you'll look for there is what's in the shopping cart. You know, mm-hmm. what beyond the, the big doorbusters are people buying, if anything? I'm sure it's changed a lot. Can you recall, you know, the things that you were tracking and maybe really big differences 12 years ago that are significantly changed now? Well, I think the biggest change, and I'll start with that, occurred last year when the big box retailers finally, and I say finally because it was a long time coming, started selling the doorbusters online as well as in the stores. So you could literally sit on your couch and buy the same TV or other hot product that you would, in years past, have to wait in line to get. Stocking was better. You know, it's just that's been the big change. You know, again, we pay a lot of attention to is volume and line weights. And it's easy to gauge store traffic, obviously, because you can see how many cars are in the parking lot. You see how many people are in line. And then when you're in the stores, you see how many people are in the stores. What's become more of a mystery, obviously, is online traffic because there's really no way to monitor that in real time, obviously. I mean, you're sitting in front of a computer. You have no way of knowing who's doing what. When people are in the stores, it's much easier. The other thing that's obviously changed is the Thanksgiving openings. It's gotten earlier and earlier every year. You know, it's similar to an arms race, really, where if my competitors open, I better open. And if my competitor opens at five, I should probably open earlier. 
Sure, absolutely. It's certainly getting earlier and earlier every year. And even stepping back from the in-store, but to just the marketing of Black Friday promotions ahead of time, you know, creeping early in November, we saw Amazon put out all of its Black Friday website deals ahead of time. And I'm curious what you think about that happening, you know, 50 days ahead of actual Black Friday. We've always viewed, quote unquote, Black Friday as more of a Thanksgiving weekend type event. You know, there's all this scrutiny of, you know, what are the sales on Friday after Thanksgiving from midnight to to midnight? And I I don't know how relevant that really is anymore. And it hasn't really been relevant for a while. If someone purchases anything over that weekend, it counts. And if someone decides they want to buy it on Thursday versus Friday, it really doesn't matter. The retailer can't care what day of the weekend their products get sold as long as they get sold. When you try to weigh all this, it's a long season. And probably the best example would be probably two or three years ago. And again, I'm I'm losing track of dates as I get older. When the Star Wars movie came out and you saw toy promotions hitting right around Labor Day, that basically kick-started the holiday because it could pull forward demand people would normally be spending X dollars in November and December instead of spending X dollars in September. And family budgets, for the most part, for holiday spend are pretty finite. So it can be a challenge for retailers. And one of the things that we talk about a lot in you know, getting to your question of 50 days, there's something that we call promotional cadence. And Okay, tell me what that means. When do you promote? How do you manage your promotional strategy during what can be a very elongated season with the goal toward having as much full price, as much product late in the season when prices are typically higher than not? So, for instance, if you look back at Toys R Us, a couple holidays ago, Toys margins got crushed. And the reason the margins got crushed is Toys sold out of product too early in the season when it was competing with Walmart and Target and Amazon who promoted early. And toys tried to keep up early in the season. And then when December 23rd, 24th rolled around, when people are not so price-focused as they are just getting the product, toys didn't have, didn't have the product available. So the margins were overly pressured by competing with Amazon, Walmart, and Target, all three of which use toys as traffic drivers and are not as focused on margin for toys as obviously Toys R Us has to be because that's their business. So you see that kind of thing developing. So the challenge for us every year is, okay, do you chase, you know, and pick a pick a retailer that's promoting? In this environment, environment it's Amazon. So Amazon just posted a 0.4% operating margin for Q3 in North America. It's over 100 basis points lower than it was in 2016 for the same quarter. Why? Well, Prime Day was a huge success, and Prime Day happens in the third quarter for Amazon. As we head into the holiday, Amazon's announcement of 50 days of Black Friday means that Amazon is going to heavily promote this holiday. We, we kind of thought that was going to happen anyway. This just validates the, the thesis. This will be my 16th holiday since I've been here. I'll count December of 2002. And I have I have this view right now that this could be the most promotional holiday season I, I see in my 16 holidays here. Really? And what do you think is you know contributing to it being such a promotional season? Well, you've got Amazon and Walmart that have been fighting this heavyweight battle over market share and price for several quarters now. And I think that intensifies. Amazon can price products 
at razor thin margins, as long as that top line keeps increasing and growing rapidly, the shareholders are happy. Other retailers don't have that luxury. If you go back in 2015 in October, Walmart's analyst meeting where Walmart announces it's going to make some strategic changes that are going to cost some money and it's going to take time to execute, et cetera, et cetera. I was sitting in the back of the room at the stock exchange, like always, and I swear to God, I have never seen thumbs move faster on devices than when Doug McMillan made that announcement. And I was watching the stock price on my phone, and it was moving in real time, and it wasn't going up. The next day, we did a, we did a lot of media here surrounding Walmart, and the, the common thread with my comments was, this is exactly what brick-and-mortar retailers need to do. You need to invest in people, price, and in your e-commerce business. Otherwise, your competitive position is going to suffer. And two years later, turns out Walmart's seeing positive returns. It buys Jet.com. A lot of a lot of favorable things have been happening with Walmart, but the stock price got hammered. Amazon, on the other hand, can invest, make similar investments, and see sales growth, driven by low prices and free shipping that costs billions and billions of dollars every year, and the shareholders don't seem to mind. And the stock price keeps going up. That's a big competitive advantage for a retailer anytime, but especially during the holiday where you're trying to grab market share, people are spending. It's not like you have to drag people into the stores or onto your website in November and December every year. They're going to come anyway. And if you've got you know, that type of pricing power, it's hard for a consumer to resist. So that's what I think is going to drive drive the promotions this holiday. You know, what we're seeing in retail is the bigger getting bigger and stronger. And they're doing it at the expense of the weaker. And in our rated universe, we have never seen, at least since I've been here, a greater number of companies that we would consider to be distressed. That's a hard place to be during the holiday where you've got, again, the Ali Frazier of retailing, Amazon and Walmart, getting in the ring and fighting for market share. It's, it's really hard on everyone else. Sure. So up against these two big titans, right, that are, are, are competing for, for customers, what are other retailers to do? Are you seeing some, some interesting um, experiences or, or mobile apps or, or pushes in different ways to get customers in a way to kind of sidestep that competition there? One of the better examples would be Best Buy. You know, four or five years ago, a, a lot of folks thought Best Buy was roadkill. And we took a different view. We saw a powerful retailer with compelling brands and the ability to, to create a shopping experience for consumers and leverage that. That's basically what the company did. We published a piece literally five years ago that talked about what brick-and-mortar retailers wrote about, what brick-and-mortar retailers needed to do to build out their online businesses and be competitive. And I think Best Buy is a great example of what you do. They leaned on the vendors. They've got, you know, so they're basically Samsung's brick and mortar partner in the U.S. They've got Apple store within a store, Microsoft store within a store, Samsung store within a store. They're the largest non-Amazon retailer of Kindles, and they've got an experienced, knowledgeable sales staff, and they do a lot of consultative selling. Plus, they've got a store network. So buy online, pick up in store. If you want a, if you want product same day in the U.S. In just about any market, the only way to get it is to get is to get to the store and pick it up. And 
Best Buy's done a really nice job of integrating online with brick and mortar. So you're seeing companies like Best Buy that have these really good omni-channel, kind of the seamless transition from buying online, picking up in-store, in-store promotions as well, are poised to do really well this season. Um, at this stage in the game, early November, what other retailers are poised for growth and for a lot of traffic and sales? The big guys, obviously, I think Walmart and Target and Costco. The department stores, there will be traffic to be had there. The question becomes, you know, what do you do with it and how low do you have to go price-wise? And that's the challenge for everyone. But with the department stores, you know, we again, when we do all our mall, our mall visits and store visits and, and stuff over Thanksgiving weekend, one of the things we're focused on is, you know, how low are those prices initially? And this is throughout retail. So if I go into a store and one of my favorite times to go to see retail stores is Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So you go you go into the store on Thanksgiving and let's call out a number. Say stuff is 50% off. You know, you kind of let things slide over the weekend. Then you go back to the same store on Tuesday. Where are the prices on Tuesday? Are they 40% off or are they 60% off? If it's 40, they did a pretty good job of clearing the 50, you know, 50% off, seemed to get the job done, and now they can become less promotional. If it goes to 60, weekend didn't go so well. Cyber Monday didn't go so well. So now you have to become even more promotional and now you're really now you're really on a on a merry-go-round. And that's one of the things we look at. So there's really almost more that you learn, more that you learn after the fact than on the day of Black Friday. You know, as an analyst, if that sale gets made on Sunday or Friday, it really doesn't matter. The the importance of Black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, is lessened over time. And it's lessened now because of the proliferation online where, you know, we've got 12, 13% of U.S. sales are done in, done on the web versus in store. Sure. So what you're saying is that it's really not a question of will Black Friday cannibalize Cyber Monday sales? It almost, it doesn't matter, right? Some analysts and, and, and uh, commentators talk about, you know, your online business cannibalizing your brick and mortar business. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. What it, you know, what's a brick and mortar retailer supposed to do? Let the online sale go somewhere else? No, they have to they have to find a way to keep those sales in their ecosystem. And whether it's online or in a store, it doesn't matter. A sale is a sale, and and a satisfied customer is a satisfied customer. Sure, absolutely. And we're still seeing you know most shopping happening in stores. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking about online. Um, last year was the first year that mobile specifically generated over a billion dollars in a day, and Walmart was you know credited mobile with bringing in seventy percent of its online traffic. So you know, retailers are clearly looking at mobile as a really good growth opportunity for them. And, you know, in fact, I recall calling you last year frantically looking for comments on how things were going in stores. And um, what you said to me was that mobile is exploding. So do you think mobile is still yeah. exploding this year? I was that for a succinct answer. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell me more. I mean, what are, what, what are we likely to more see with mobile it, this year? And the apps are getting better and better. You know, every year the technology gets better, but the mobile apps are better. I think one of the things that you'll see this holiday is a lot of people picking up the new phones. And people are going to be out bopping around and, you know, something pops into your head. You've got the app on your phone. Boom, there's the purchase. You know, that's the instant gratification that U.S. consumers are famous for. You'll see more mobile activity this year than ever. And I think that every year, Mobile has to grow faster than 
then desktop sales grow. Otherwise, the retailers aren't getting enough out of their mobile apps. Much like online sales have to grow at multiples of brick-and-mortar sales, otherwise the retailer's probably doing something wrong with its website because that's where a lot of consumers really want to go. Mobile is a big part of everybody's arsenal. And the retailers that have struggled during the holiday, they've typically they've struggled online during the holiday. It's typically due to the mobile app. You know, we've seen some, you know, Toys R Us, for instance, had a weak mobile app the last couple of holidays, and it hurt. Target, on the other hand, because it didn't take over its website until very recently, was able to build out really good mobile capability as it was building its website and, and, and expanding its website. So its mobile app was actually ahead of a lot of competitors where its desktop app was clearly lagging. So you've seen it kind of both ways, but I think that mobile is definitely you know, a, a, a key battleground this ho- will be a key battleground this holiday. One last topic I want to touch on is, of course, there's a lot to gain during this holiday season and especially during Black Friday week, um, but there's also a lot to lose. So what are the biggest missteps that you've seen in the past or that you imagine may occur this year? You know, aside from, you know, Target had a credit card breach a few years ago, you know, it, it, there's not like, it's not like that can't happen to another retailer because it can. You know, mis- again, we talked about it earlier, uh, the messing up your promotional cadence, selling out too quickly, discounting too too heavily early, and then you're you're stuck. You've given up all your margin when you really didn't need to trying to chase the bigger competitors to the bottom on price. You know, we use the term limbo, or I use the term limbo contest, where sometimes that bar gets too low, you can't get under it, and you should just walk away from the sale. But that's tough because, you know, we're, we're, in, a mar- we're in, a, in an environment where, you know, comp store sales are the, the big buzz phrase, and they matter, but they don't, they're not more important than margins. We focus on operating income here, not sales. And... You know, if you give a sale away, you're not making any money. Is that better than not making the sale at all? I don't know. I I think the in a perfect world, you'd, you'd focus on high quality sales, which means higher margin sales. You know, know what you know and sell what you're going to sell. Try to stay disciplined. If you lose your discipline during the holiday, it can get really dangerous. You know, you can see liquidity issues. You see margin pressure and your credit profile can deteriorate quickly during the holiday. Sure, absolutely. So retailers stay on brand for themselves. Um, maybe don't necessarily try to go after Walmart and Amazon. Do the same things as them, but do what you do best, right? Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's it's really hard for a lower rated, which which begets lower quality retailer, to compete with the stronger guys now. You know, there's just too many calls on cash for retailers today. You've got You've got to cover your debt obligations, and if you're the product of an LBO, which was done by a sponsor, you've got lots of debt, and you've got a maturity schedule you have to deal with, so you have to manage that side of the equation. Then you have to invest in e-commerce, or you're not going to be competitive anymore, and you have to do both of those at the same time. The two largest retailers in the U.S. are battling over price, and how much of that do you get hit with? So it's a it's a tough environment out there. It really is. And this holiday, again, has the potential to be heavily, highly promotional. And it'll be interesting to see how some of the smaller retailers react and what the end game is for them. So this year, are you planning on doing your classic route again out in New Jersey? 
Well, I've moved to Bucks County, so I'm going to be starting a new route this year. You know, maybe I will migrate back to my old neighborhood. I don't know. It depends on how the weather is and how the roads are. But I'll be out. The team will be out. And uh, we will be, you know, available throughout the weekend, you know, to, to discuss any, any and all things retail. Great. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Charlie. No sweat, Corinne. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Conversational Commerce. For all the latest updates on industry news, analysis, and trends, subscribe to our free daily newsletter at retaildive.com. And check out our weekly holiday newsletter at retaildive.com holiday. Stay tuned for more episodes. And in the meantime, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. You can also send us feedback by email or on Twitter at RetailDive. Until next time, I'm Corinne Ruff, and this was Conversational Commerce.